Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very, very happy to be here tonight with this latest book that I uh, have published, and it is um, available uh, at Amazon. It is called High Five! The William Shakespeare Beat is Back. 400 newly written poems prove it. High five, the William Shakespeare beat is back. 400 newly written poems prove it. And one and two and, th and three and four and five and... Well, so that those are the, that's the beat scheme. I, I brought, brought uh, you a collection of 400 of them because I want to reaffirm how important the beat is and how exciting it is to write. Uh, William Shakespeare wrote hundreds of thousands, and he's often thought to be the greatest uh, verse writer that ever lived. So why are we boycotting the form today? Uh, no good reason. Now, one of the best exhibits in this book is a 70, a set of, believe it or not, 70 colloquies or conversations that I have with Spanish folk singers toward the end of the 19th century from a collection published in 1882 in Spanish and a, and, um, uh, a selection of which was published uh, in 1911 by uh, a, a Russian poet, Konstantin Dmitrievich Balmont. Uh, he has a wonderful ear for for the for the songs, and he grouped them into uh, um, in interesting categories by way of the main emotion described. These are delightful little folk songs. I tr I translate them from Balmont's Russian, but I checked many of them with the Rodriguez Marin. Uh, a collection, and uh, he's done a very fine job of translating. Now, what do we have here? We have micro-melodies sung by Spanish people, and uh, this is toward the end of the night, well, actually not so close to the end. Uh, the collection was published in 1882, so you're hearing these throughout the 1870s, but Balmont, the Russian tourist, uh, claims to have heard a lot of them in Barcelona at the Ramblo del Centro, which is apparently a, a walkway, no cars, uh, and and, uh, or horses and carriages, as the case may be. Uh, and people sat uh, on benches and sang folk songs, and most of them seem to have been women, because women are the voices of the singers in these delightful songs. And for every song I read uh, that I wanted to especially remember, I wrote a sonnet of commentary, and sometimes I do two of them, because they s felt good together. Now, um, let's just start. I'll just to give you an uh, uh, introductory uh, poem in the Shakespeare beat, showing you uh, my orientation. In three, in four, in seven lines at most, reciters at the end of century, the twentieth approaching, one could see, with aid of cordial strumming, love or boast, and jealousy, or misery, or bliss, were seedlings sprouting in a tiny scope. Anticipation, languor, anger, hope. The garden birth of lyric light was this. The origin of poem soul I seek, That Balmont had in memory pursued. With impulse energy were lines endued That strollers might in Barcelona hear. Tunes touch the heartstrings while they charm the ear. Let's improvise together for a week. And now, let me turn the page and read you the first one. First category is being in love, one of the best in the book. And here's the four-liner, and then I'll come in. Uh, poem 79. I pray you remove that mantilla, and let me catch sight of your hair. To get a good view of the icon, we take off the covering cloth. <laughs> 
See what I mean? A sprout in vernal earth. Strong feeling. Pray cast off what would enclose. I beg with reverence and a gentle mirth, imagining the skin more soft than rose. You as the holy Mary great in worth, or saint whose merits deep respect impose, your face is for the faithful a rebirth. Supernal book, the poet dare not glows. That is, interpret. There, it's unspeakably beautiful. The icon much adored must covered be until it's time the visage pure to see. But shawl and hood are scarcely helpful here. We know you're shy, but beauty let appear. Your tresses then will view that frame the face, which living icon will convey your grace. Let's do the one uh, on facing page, uh, Being in Love. This is poem 80. Your face has everything that's best in heaven and on earth. On a cheek, a rose, a bloom. In the eye, a star, a blaze. The roses all abloom you'll want to view. The suntan skin tone blent with rodal hue. And so at noontide you'll imagine her With sunlight nourished life power shining through The sun blaze heat to feel in starry night You'll see the pupils black in fiery light Made brighter, wilder by the sh uh, chill A stir in deep surround of black More dark delight I love the eyes at night the cheeks by day, the time zone changes overwhelm us. They, the more we think, more rapidly occur. We're smiling at the pleasure of the play. That smile's her own. Star, rose, both heightened, while she's day and night a-making by her smile. Let's try another category. Envy. This is now poem number 91. I love you, so I'm envious. Take away love, and where's the envy? Unless I loved you, you could simply go to the devil. Who could refute the logic? Yet the tone is not quite that of rationality. Unless I loved you, you could stay alone, and happier the both of us might be. But is my paraphrase emotion-free? I fear it has remained sardonic, sour. Unless I loved you, twouldn't bother me if we should part for good this very hour. To, to paraphrase with calm, I have no skill. How envy works, I comprehend too well. I, it won't stay rational. Would rather swell with indignation for inflicted ill. The exorcism, it began too late. That devil envy had the strength of hate. 
Now let's try tenderness. If I possessed a thousand lives, to you I'd give them all at once. I've only one life. Take it! But take it a thousand times! The heart of one he loves, the Lord prepares. He'll make it wider for the great surrender. Be brave in order that you may be tender. The love embracer boldly upward fares. More real than self he'll only be who dares to open expectation to receiving. Beloving is the only true believing. More room for grace in larger heart he spares. The greater presence by surrender nearing, the boundless and the beating heart I'm hearing, the voice of life inside me crying out, I write, who am one might-extending shout. For proud arousal, where to find the calm? A thousand times invent a grateful psalm. Confessions. Oh, this, this one I like a lot. Where there's joy... There's a form of good fortune. And that fine caballero, I like him. For he's wearing a costume of mourning, and I joy in the color black. O lady in black mourning shroud, for what deceased do you lament? Your father? Then I sympathize. Your dear one? Well, then I am here. I'm thankful to you both, attractive mourners. Good fortune's the alertness to a joy that comes to celebrators, not to scorners, and speaks to every lonely girl and boy. We smile at black. Let ending bless beginning. We'll sympathize a while and then move on. In love with life, not death, we won't be sinning for Hesper Phosphor, made of dusk a dawn. Maybe I should explain that. Hesperus and Phosphorus are both tradition, are traditional names, respectively, uh, for the evening star and the morning star. But both of those stars, as some astronomers among you may know, are Venus. I bet the lady and the caballero will join their hopes, their poems, and combine their fortunes. Let me toss a bright sombrero and celebrate my prophecy with wine. Caballero is a gentleman in Spanish. It actually comes from caballo, meaning a horse. Uh, traditionally, the gentleman, you could tell uh, by the horse that he rode. Now comes the category lamenting. And in poem 110, I think I give a pretty uh, strong uh, evidence of, as well as implied cause for, lamentation. They came and seized my heart and locked it up in jail. And though it's innocent of crime, they sentenced it to death. I put this all in quotes. I'm imagining her explaining him or her, 
I, as abandoned lover, well have kenned the seeming treachery that led a friend to sentence me to feel in prison pent where indignation flames, though to no end. Well, indignation's fire is wounded pride. It weeps at being crudely set aside, as by a queen with whimsical intent to show at last what madness deified. But time's a mercy, and the vanished past will help you to forget, and moving fast, medicinal the quickness kindly meant, will help you redirect your love at last. Investing energy is up to you. Boons unexpected you'll in future view. Couldn't help myself from introducing my own sense of how best to counteract the grief, uh, it, uh, although the therapist is generally enjoined to be quiet. Oh, this one is a particularly uh, rich category in the book, hate and scorn. And here the women get their say. I, I found it amazing, the boldness. I, I really loved it. Because this is, after all, the 1880s at the, uh, well, 1880s, or even if it's as, as recently as, uh, let's say, 1908, uh, when Belmont was there, uh, that's still a long time ago. And many times we think of people, of women back then, as, as being uh, too oppressed to come out in public with things like this. And that's why I find it so heartening, invigorating, and uh, inspiring. As much as I formerly loved you, sir, that is how much you are hateful. When I saw you were there in the church, I skipped the communion and left. So ardent was my love, the energy that I expended from my heart's blood came on your betrayal till I felt the same Emotion fervor welling up in me. It couldn't be dispelled with words of blame. Indignant, I could feel it change to scorn. Warm as before, yet in a form reborn. As hate, so deep it barely had a name. I went to church, but when I saw you there, I felt that newborn feeling hugely spread. Communion needs a clearer heart and head. Defiance, true, and yet a sacrifice. I'll summon strength to give my soul advice. Alone the healing burden must I bear. Here is Serenade, number 136. I have combined two tiny serenades. If I knew, my dearest life, that you're listening to me, like a nightingale I'd sing till the morning rays arise. A songword rising to the mouth is a drop of honey from an overbrimming heart. I even remember that one in Spanish. Cantar que sube la boca es una gota de miel que de corazón 
Rebosa. The placement of the poems in the book has made me give them both a closer look. They're right side by side. So wonderful is lover number one. I think he has a major favor done for one who wrote the latter golden thought. At first we heard the serenade I've brought tonight. If you respond, I'll carry on and play the nightingale until the dawn. The second bard reacts by thinking, Song is love itself made audible by art, When overflows an overbrimming heart, Be dulcet honey tones remembered long, Be thanked for these. We're cordial singers three, Of troubadours we form a trinity. The troubadour singers were active in France and Spain, and they may have been influenced by Muslim troubadour singers such as Hafiz and Rumi. My last poem is from the section called Lullabies. Rockabye, my little child, rockabye, now sleep. Put me in the cradle, mother. Rock me there some more. With calming season in my rocking chair, Each waking day of life do I begin. The rhythm is itself a heaven air, Beloved of the childlike heart within. I love that baby who is just like me. That soothing movement, pray it may not cease. And when the meter's blunt with melody, From every care I feel a swift release. My daughter I would rock to sleep at night, And sing a dulcet lullaby to her. I'd pick the one she said she would prefer. The hymn to Sabbath Queen made heart take flight. So that's the melody she often chose. Tranquility and reverie. A rose. Thank you for listening to me and all these marvelous Spanish people.